Welcome to the next best podcast with your hosts, Chris Cashman. 24 years old, a former sheet metal worker, Mr. America, and twice Mr. Universe. And Chris Daniels. Time Magazine even named him Person of the Century. Now, from the CNC Podcast Factory, here's the next best podcast. Well, here we are again, Chris, this time on location. I am looking at an article that you posted just today as a vehicle passes us here on Occidental. It is a major thoroughfare here. In fact, I would argue the only progress on this stretch of road is the rust that's forming over there. And a once obscure street in downtown Seattle, in Soto, as they call it. I'm looking at an article you posted today on king5.com on what is now the one-year anniversary. It reads, how Seattle's arena fortunes changed one year after the vote. That 5-4 vote by the Seattle City Council on May 2nd, 2016 had an ugly aftermath as many believe the NBA in Seattle was dead. But in the 365 days since, it's been one blockbuster move after another. That is the headline and the byline for an article you posted just today in what is now the one-year anniversary from the day that we all thought was going to get it done. I, I, it's interesting just how many things have happened within one year's time on this particular issue. Yeah, looking back at May 2nd, 2016, a lot of people thought it would be the last piece of the puzzle for Chris Hansen and his group to build a new arena where we're standing uh, here on Occidental. They needed the one block of Occidental Avenue vacated by the Seattle City Council in order to get their master use permit. Uh, and didn't, as you know. Uh, A lot of people had said in advance, uh, it had been published that the vote was expected uh, to go positively for Hanson, that the the city council was expected to grant the street vacation. And everybody that I had been talking to in advance told me it could go either way. Uh, And so I wasn't surprised when it went down the way it did, but the theatrics of it all uh, is what is so memorable in this and, and then what's happened since and why this year uh, has been so memorable on this particular issue. So perhaps unfairly in hindsight, it came down to one of the newest council members uh, in her first year in elected office, Lorena Gonzalez. It was very much a made for TV moment. Oh, where it, it comes it down to the newest member, you know, uh, to be the one with the deciding vote is not a glamorous position to be in. No, and you could feel the tension in the room. I mean, it was four to four uh, in terms of the council members who had signaled their vote and who had also given their speech. Uh, and for whatever reason, as a truck goes by. Don't be fooled, that was not a... Not a semi? A, an actual semi. That was just one of those guys who's got something to prove to everybody he went to high school with. Uh, so, yes, yeah, it was so not... it comes down. it comes down to her uh, and... You know, everybody was uh, knew what the score was. Uh, there was 4-4, four, four, and people were thinking it was going to pass like 6-3. And I don't think anybody wants to torture themselves by re-watching it, but if, since Misery Loves Company, if you do want to go to king5.com, read your article, you have the video of that vote. In re-watching it, I just did earlier today, the preamble does start to make your heart jump a little bit. Well, There's it, a little it, bit of joking around before the vote. She kind of starts tap dancing around. And rewatching it now, I think, 
there was some foreshadowing here. She's what? she's making a case before she comes out with the vote, which indicates that maybe it's not going to go the way you think it's going to go. But here's the thing. I mean, the video was the most watched on King5.com for a couple of days. Yeah. And here's the thing. Uh, she, uh, according to multiple people, had, had said she was going to vote for it and, and vote for the street vacation. And people in the room, whether they're with the Port of Seattle, the Freight Maritime uh, Coalition, uh, with the Sonics, they all thought she was going to vote uh, for it. And when it came down to her, that speech that, that she read on that day made it sound like she was going to vote yes. And again, uh, just a melodrama made for TV, call it what you will. She looks up and, and improvises and ad-libs and says she wasn't going to vote for it that day. And it goes down. And Sally Bagshaw, who had voted against it, council member, she jumped out of her seat. Lisa Herbold, council member, who voted uh, against it, her jaw dropped. I mean, nobody expected. There was audible gasps in the room. And I, I got to tell you, I, I wasn't surprised then. I'm not surprised now uh, that it didn't pass. But what is surprising is everything that's happened since. I mean, it has been, right. it seems like on a monthly basis, some sort of piece of news uh, about the arena proposal here in Soto and elsewhere. Well, it's now been 10 years in the making, and it seems like the storyline for the longest time went from the shock to the heartache to, we need a hero. We need a hero. <laughs> we need somebody to step up with the money and the resources and to do seemingly the impossible. So when Chris Hansen comes along, there was dancing in the streets. Right. Uh, you could dance in this street where we are once again on Occidental. We thought we'd come to the scene of the crime, so it were, and... Uh, if anything, just to remind ourselves just how vacant this street often is. The most talked about block? Yeah, who would have thought? Yeah. You used to have to tell people where it was, and now everybody talks about it. And Well, not just for theatrical reasons. We decided to come out here and record almost in the middle of the street. <laughs> and, uh, and there's nobody here. We've but... had a few passerbyers. But uh, again, so Chris Hansen comes forward. That seemed to be the ace in the hole. Finally, we've got a guy. We've got the money. Hey, he's got the land. He's got the property. Now all we got to do is clear out a street that uh, not only is mostly empty here at the moment, but it's not the prettiest stretch of road. It, it, no. Not a lot of maintenance going on here. It doesn't seem to be the vital stretch. Uh, so far, the cars that have passed us are clearly people who either work and, here or they're going right there to Krispy Kreme Donuts at lunch. Yeah, and then there's garbage all around here uh, behind the show box. I, yes, I, there is. I don't think it's much of a stretch, and I, and I think the Port of Seattle has since kind of walked away from this but this is not a vitally used piece of roadway it right. is not a, a, it's not a road that the the freight trucks from terminal 46 are using on a daily basis it, it's been which at face value was the argument right? that was that, the hey, argument we are a city on the water the port is vital those trucks need to get through here it seems awfully misleading. And the port has not come up with the data to prove their case otherwise. It, it right. has really been about the future of the port and fear of another building and what that may do to the entire transportation grid. But I don't think there's ever been any data that has shown that this road, this one block stretch is needed. Now, with all that said, when we go back to this vote on, on May 2nd, it became a national story and right. not not because necessarily of the vote on the street vacation, but because of the unusual nature of it all, that it fell along gender lines, that it was a 5-4 vote, that it was tense, and all of the social media social crap media certainly took that over. happened yeah. after the knuckleheads who lashed out at the council members right. turned it into a two-week story. 
right. uh, about social media and being a, an elected leader uh, in, in this city and and the crap that that frankly lawmakers uh, have to deal with um, and, and this this was a huge example of it and then it morphed into a, a sketch on the Samantha B show right uh, I, I mean it became a story in itself based on you know what we've called the vote in in quotation marks and it, and it looked like um, you know that was going to overwhelm any sort of discussion about arenas in the city of Seattle going forward the the mayor and, and Chris Hansen had a conversation uh, and, and said you know kind of where do we go from here and you know, I still support the the MOU according to you know both sides of the conversation but that the mayor said hey can I can I check out Key Arena? Can I can I see if anybody really wants to develop Key Arena? Right. And and Hansen said, sure. You know, he was confident that that nobody would want to touch it. Well, uh, it opened up the door. Right. And uh, at the same time, Hansen uh, was playing his own cards, meaning spending more money on land here in Soto, buying the building that Henry's is in, 125 million dollars worth of land, uh, and then it comes out. And, and a lot of people thought, okay, this is the next big step. Comes right. out and says, forget the MOU that we had. Let's just tear it up and I'll finance the entire thing privately if you give me the street. Kind of caused shoulders to shrug at City Hall because they knew the next day they were going to issue a, uh, or announce they were going to issue an RFP for Key Arena. Right. So it was like basically this poker game here. Here's my card. No, here's my card. And then Hanson comes back and plays another card with Russell Wilson, uh, who in this town, as you know, is, is almost Teflon. Yeah. Uh, after leading the Seahawks to the Super Bowl, after all the time he has spent at Children's Hospital, uh, his image in this town is polished, and a lot of people think positively of him. He's probably got one of the highest Q ratings of any athlete, professional athlete in Seattle's Which history. Which is you know, recognizability, name recognition, yeah. popularity, all of that. And, and certainly that was one of the most retweeted things when the vote came out. People were reacting online. Unfortunate reactions because it really kind of almost distracted from the issue at hand. It became more about attacking and and uh, you know insensitivity and sexist remarks and all of the above when really the storyline was what happened here we came so close can the fate of the sonics really come down to one person and their personal opinions and you know based on however much or little research was done it was highly distracting russell was one of the first people to put out a tweet saying this is unfortunate we got to rise up let's sign a petition kind of a thing so I know that to me, I thought, man, where was he at that meeting? If, if if only we knew that somebody like Russell could have stepped up and jumped out in front of this and said, hey, I'm for this. We should all be for this. It seemed like one of those day late and dollar short scenarios. And it's, it's really hard to look back on and to realize it came down to one person. At this point right now, we could be standing in the middle of a whole other situation <laughs> there wouldn't be these patches of tar on the ground this could have been a beautiful new area in full development well oh and there'd be a question of whether the nhl would have committed to seattle within the last year i think that's that's an open question and at this point now uh, here we are with the city soliciting the bids and two bids coming in on key arena and now three bids over a half billion dollars uh, in the city of Seattle all claiming to be privately financed and and those questions by the way will will get sorted out uh, here in the next few weeks the the NBA and the NHL don't want to get involved I mean <laughs> this is a complicated political issue that yes involves sports 
but they don't want to get involved uh, in the middle of this and try to signal one way or the other, not knowing who the city may look at the most favorably. But the, the National Hockey League has wanted to be here uh, for the last several years. And if, if this arena was greenlit, there's a good chance there would have been an NHL prospective NHL owner who would have said, okay, I'm ready to go. I have my finances ready to right. go. Let's make something happen down in Soto. Now it becomes more muddled with these other two groups. So they both have NHL ties. And I, so far, the NBA and the NHL have said, hey, we're not going to try and influence this discussion at all in Seattle. And meanwhile, during the same time period, things that would have seemed a bit even more far-fetched have happened from teams moving uh, NFL-wise to Los Angeles and then a team now moving to Las Vegas in, the, in hockey, perhaps. You know, it, it's yeah. so strange to think that a city as viable and as vibrant as Seattle is now in a fight with itself, not just to get a team back. And thanks to our aerial coverage, by the way. Yeah, that's our, that's our drone, maybe? No. Uh, no, I mean, as you were saying, Las Vegas in the course of the last year now has two teams that have signed on to play there. And uh, you can't help but feel like a big part of it is because we are fighting with ourselves. While we're busy duking it out over which part of Seattle might work best, a city like Las Vegas has snuck up and, and been able to do what we cannot do, even though we've got the money and the investors and it's just very, very frustrating. From the fan side of things, it's incredibly frustrating. And I have my own personal opinions about the viability of Key Arena and, and getting back into the middle of Seattle. You know, it's easy for these groups to come out and say, look, we already had a team there. We had an arena there. Uh, this was before Amazon took over the planet and certainly much of downtown Seattle. Expedia, you know, some of these big giant companies that are down there now that have dramatically increased the flow in the population in that area day in and day out. So that aside, I am now at the point where I get nervous about somebody like Chris Hansen, who has made this incredible investment, who has done when we were all looking for a hero. Will it be Balmer? No, it's not going to be, you know, when we're all looking for someone yeah. who has the resources and perhaps the influence that so many of us couldn't possibly have, I, I start to worry that at some point somebody like Chris Hansen is just going to tap out and say, "Forget it, forget it, guys." If you and that uh, could be that could be this year. I mean, just depending on what happens with uh, any sort of street vacation vo vote uh, and the memorandum of understanding, which is that legally binding document between the city and Hansen, expires at the uh, in December of this year. So there is a scenario where the city drags this out long enough, uh, and I've always joked that the, the Seattle team should be named the Seattle process, Right. that this gets dragged out long enough that uh, there's no decision until after December because then the city's hands would be cleaner uh, by signing into a new agreement with somebody else besides Chris Hansen. Uh, and it so does seem to be you know, a growing consensus that there is almost a conspiracy theory is that this is a game of kick the can. If we just keep it in motion, keep punting it further down the line, somebody's going to tap out, the options will become more clear. And it certainly seems that, you know, as of late, certainly, all the voices you hear on behalf of the city, the council, all of that seem to be really Pat and Key Arena on the back. Yeah. And, and you know, there's, there's other things that are odd about this, too. It went without notice for six months that you know where we're standing right now 
about three blocks to Still the south. Still waiting for that first truck, that first semi-truck. <laughs> we, we have not edited. We are 15 and a half minutes in and still waiting for that truck from the port to come by. Do you see one? I don't see one no, yet. I haven't nope. seen one yet. We're, we're right here at Massachusetts or just near Massachusetts and Occidental. But three blocks down, uh, quietly, the city released plans for the Lander Street overpass. That's something that the port has wanted and that the city now believes they have to dead end Occidental three blocks from where we're standing uh, on two different sides of, of Lander in order to build that overpass that the port has wanted for darn near 20 years. Which again, if you're listening to this from the fans' perspective, you don't have to understand mass transit and all right. of that to say, the road that they're saying is so vital, they now say that we want to dead end. Right. So, I mean, <laughs> that that's one of the wrinkles in, in I'm telling you, this, is, this has been the craziest, uh, uh, most bizarre mix of uh, politics and sports and transportation. I mean, anybody, I, I've told people over the years that uh, even if you are not a sports fan, you care about this story about a non-existent building. Right. It's a story about a non-existent building, and I've made the joke that sometimes I feel like the beat reporter for a non-existent building and two non-existent teams. Uh, but it's the, the reason why there's so much interest in it is because you have the port uh, making their argument. You have the freight uh, and uh, maritime folks making their argument. You have fans making their argument. You have politicians making their argument. Everybody seems to have an opinion about whether this is a good thing for the city of Seattle. And uh, that's it's just been one, one development after another, it seems like, in the last year. And it's an odd twist because if you had said 10 years later, we still would not have a team. Uh, and certainly at face value, people were focused on NBA before NHL became right. a part of the discussion. I would have assumed, I think many would assume, it would have been because of a, a lack of either a interest, too much time has passed, people are over it, or we just cannot find somebody with the money. We just don't have somebody like a Balmer or a Chris Hansen who stepped up and said, yeah, I'm going to invest my money into bringing a team back. Still not you a, would still not, not assume truck, that 10 years later, nope, that was a shuttle. There is a yeah. Mariners game today, so oh, okay. let's also point out that a little bit of this hubbub is simply the staff showing up to yeah. uh, fill that <laughs> stadium right there on this vital stretch of roadway. But you wouldn't assume that it would have been because now there are competing parties, several of them, who are literally in a land war, as it were. Yeah, and it's going to be a decision about which side of the city should grow. Uh, but, you know, the, the really the only comparison you can make, and it is, Seattle is not the similar size city, is Los Angeles. I mean, when the, the Rams and Raiders left, everybody thought, oh, you know, uh, it's kind of odd. They're both leaving in the same year, but uh, yeah, the NFL will come back pretty soon. And it took, what, 21 years? Uh, they also are the only city that really had competing developments. Uh, Tim Laiwiki, who's now trying to do something at Key Arena, he was involved in that right. for a while. Uh, so, so really, that's the only comparison you can make. But the idea that you have three half a billion dollar bids for an arena, I think Brian Surratt, who's the economic development director, summed it up when he said, there has to be a solution that comes out of this. There has to be an answer once and for all that comes out of this uh, after all these years of debating. There's going to be a, a group that's picked, and there's going to be a solution, and, and we can start focusing on when the NBA or the NHL come back to town. Now, 
you're not in the business of uh, looking into the crystal ball and making predictions, but few people are as invested in this whole process as you are. You sit through all of the meetings. I go to meetings so you, you don't have to, Chris. <laughs> that's right. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, by the way, for that. But where do you see this going? Because, like I said, from a stand, purely from the fan standpoint, I am still astonished that we don't have a team back. For years, I was able to curb my own anxiety over the team being gone because growing up in this town, I've lived and worked here my entire life. I've never lived anywhere else. I thought for many, many years that I would become a supersonic. I thought back when you had to fill out the little bubble forms in yeah. school and they'd say, what, what are you going to be? You remember Remember yeah. you'd circle like three? Yeah. It'd be like an airline pilot, a firefighter, but number one was an athlete. I thought I could choose to become a sonic. That's really all I did was play hoops out in my driveway. I didn't love to play for school and all of that. I just thought I'm going to skip that whole process. I'll wait till the Sonics are an opportunity. So I was a fan from the time I was a little little dude. Mm -hmm. I had Sean Kemp's sneakers. I had Sean Kemp's haircut. You could argue I still do. During that time, I've sort of befriended Sean Kemp. We've yeah, had him in a couple yeah. of skits. Yep. So to kind of curb my own anxiety, I was able to do some silly skits for a TV show we were doing, the 206, one of which was me playing an obsessed fan who was camping out until they broke ground on the arena. Of course, at the time it was far-fetched. I thought any moment I gotta get this skit out because at any moment we're gonna have them breaking ground. Don't let that diesel sound fool you. That was somebody's <laughs> personal pickup. So to be here now, all of these years later, for essentially no progress to have been made other than for some names to be attached right. to hypothetical properties. Right. Does that just, does it upset you? Does it surprise you at all? Or is it just par for the course because you've been doing this for uh, 10 years? I, I, is it a game of kick the can? I, is anything coming soon? I, I would say I'm immune to any sort of uh, crazy twists. I, I've heard so much big talk over the years. Yeah. Uh, like I said, when that vote happened a year ago, I wasn't surprised, uh, but I would tell people that, you know, based on what the city is saying, based on the timelines that have put out, been put out, that we'll have an answer on the arena by the end of this year. And then the focus will turn to when the NBA or the NHL may return. Because to, to have a new building, if it's approved and green-lighted finally, you're still at least three years away. Um, and it, the NHL could potentially play in Key Arena if there's a new building in Soto. That can get kicked down uh, the street if, if it's at Key Arena. But, uh, yeah, if the arena thing gets solved this year, then I think the excitement will turn to when are the teams coming. And that right. would be a 2018 story uh, about expansion, whether it be the NBA, NHL, or whether it be another team. It seems strange to thank you for your time on what is also your podcast, but I know you're a busy guy today. You're doing local radio. Canadian radio stations are yeah. calling you. There is interest. I mean, I guess it's good that it continues to be a conversation. We're back at the top of the relevance meter. Every time we talk about the Sonics, people get excited, hot, bothered one way or another. Do you think it's just a good thing that this continues to be relevant or... At some point, does this start to sound like nails on the chalkboard? Well, I, I, think, I know I certainly get yeah. that impression from time to time. I, I think people care, and I think social media has allowed people to care. Frankly, if social media was as big back in 2008, there's a question of whether the Sonics would have left Seattle, I think. 
but at that time, the city didn't think enough people cared. Right. Now I think it's pretty obvious that, that people cared, and, and uh, if, if this gets solved within the next year, I think it'll be back to paying attention to teams and the excitement over over that, but I don't think anybody expected back when Clay Bennett bought the team in 2006 that we'd still be talking about this 11 years later. Once again, you wrote up a uh, kind of a one year in review from uh, the the vote, as the it vote. is now known, where this street that we're standing on right now, Occidental, uh, it was voted that they would not vacate this in order to bring that Soto Arena in, Chris Hansen's group, Maybe it will happen. Maybe it will not. If you had to guess which direction this is going, this oh, is the, hypothetical. Just guess time. The, do you think that in the end, the Soto Group will be successful, or do you think currently it seems like all the momentum is Key Arena, but perhaps that's just because it's the uh, soup du jour. It's just the, the, the new topic. The pendulum has swung towards Key Arena, and I think Chris Hansen needs to play another card to perhaps change the change the conversation at this point uh, and, and we'll see if he still has that in his deck. How'd you like that? I do like it. And we still haven't seen a truck. I was going to stall a little bit because I saw a truck coming our way but it looks like it's just UPS. Oh, okay. Making a delivery. Right this way, sir. Just follow those tumbleweeds. On Twitter and Instagram at Next Best Pod. That's the worst name I ever heard. This is the exclusive ending of the next best podcast. Chris, I like you. I just don't think it was an incredible vocal performance. That's the point I was trying to make.